This is the VC Buckets podcast, the official podcast for Briarcliff University Charger basketball. My name is Matt Gall, here with head coach Mark Sfigera. And I have to apologize, we normally record this at 10 o'clock in the morning, but I had to push things back a little bit because uh, this morning I was dealing with plumbing issues. I live in an old house, and Mark, I think you do too, so you know how that goes. But I was about uh, elbow deep into a bunch of uh, uh, plumbing problems, let's just put it that way. So fortunately, uh, I'm yeah. done messing with it. I'm going to get a plumber in tomorrow to finish the job. Yeah, that's unfortunate. I, I live in an old house myself, and we're good for once a year having to clean out the drain from our, our kitchen sink down to the main line. So it's, it's no fun. And to be honest, Matt, you know, give me a chance to watch the, the back nine of the, of the Masters as anticlimactic as it was. Right, yeah. I mean, watching the Masters in November is really strange. And I noticed, I don't know if they push the start times up, the tee times up a little earlier so they can get a football game in afternoon. Uh, but yeah, it's it's kind of odd watching major golf in November. Yeah, it, I, I could it get, is. But at, but at the same time, you know, as you know, I'm not an NFL guy, and I know you are. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was actually something to watch on Sunday with with no basketball going on right now. So, you yeah. know, I'll always watch some some Sunday Masters golf. And I, you know, to be honest, usually we'd wait to bring our guest in. But I think being that our guest is a alleged golfer himself, we should probably bring him in as we're talking about golf. Yeah, so no, no stranger to the podcast was actually a regular a couple of years back, but uh, we've got Benedict Bobby Pat- Bobby Beach Patterson. Jokes aside, Bobby's a, a grad assistant for Dakota Wesleyan now, and used to be a, a student coach for for our program. And uh, so it's great to have him on. We we obviously played DW here this past week, and we'll talk about that game. But Bobby, what's new, man? A whole lot, like you said, just. Uh crazy season coming up as you know and yeah things are going good just recently uh recently married back about three and a half months ago so just loving life doing that and yeah coaching coaching hoops still which is which is always good stuff well it's great to have you back Bobby you were kind of one of the the mainstays of season one when it fit into your you know really busy schedule that year as it (laughs) appeared but you know it is good to have you back on here yeah I appreciate you guys having me I'm still an avid listener I still still love the show yeah, and, and I, I hope, you know, being two years removed now, I hope you're still a avid life rule follower. Oh, 100%. Yep. That's one of the main reasons I still tune in. In fact, Bobby, I know you are because one of your former players at Dakota Wesleyan texted me a week or two ago. He just texted me something I would say, and I said, yeah, that's correct. But wh- why are you texting me this? He said, well, I was just talking to Bobby, and he said that was one of your rules. Yeah. Yeah, so, shout out to Ty Hoagland, last year's GPAC Player of the Year. Yeah, great dude. Well, Bobby, your resume, you were a golfer at Briarcliff. So did you catch the Masters? Did it go how you thought it would? Um, yes and no. I'm going to be honest. After the first day, uh, seeing Tiger at four under, I kind of thought, oh, he might, might make a push here and everything. And I was pretty fired up about that. But after that second round, we kind of went through the wayside. But, I mean, Dustin Johnson tying a – a majors record at 20 under for the lowest four day total in a tournament's pretty incredible, especially at the Masters. So it was really cool to see him win. I'm a big DJ fan, so all in all, it was it was good stuff. And like you said, yeah, having the Masters in November, it's it's pretty sweet. Hey, Bobby, I got two questions. Masters related. Yep. Number one, uh, final round today. Tiger took a 10 on a par three. 
And then I watched And it. then proceeded to, to birdie five of the last six, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. If you took a 10 on a par three, what's your next hole look like? Because I don't think you're going to birdie it like Tiger. No, it's going to be at least a double, I'd say. Okay. So the real question here, if you played the best round of golf of your life, but you were playing Augusta National from the pro tees, like it's the Masters, and the, the roughs cut like the Masters, the tee the place or the, the pin placements are like the Masters, where do you shoot? I'm saying 105, and that's being safe. That's even, even with the best round of my life, I'm probably not going to be as aggressive. I'm still going to be a little conservative, so I'm going to say probably 105 to be on the safe side. I, n- not breaking 100, no way. Yeah, I think that's probably fair. I, I, I think self-awareness is a great trait to have, and obviously you, you have that here, so good. So that'd be what, 33 over? And we're assuming calm conditions. Yeah. All, no, yeah. Yeah, no variables, just complete. Yeah, no, nothing crazy. You know, standard win, under, under 10 miles an hour, nothing, nothing crazy. That's respectable. I, I don't know that I could shoot that on a Sioux City municipal course. So <laughs> I'm, I'm going to give you some respect on that for sure. No, there's probably going to be a lot of listeners that are going to call. And I'm, I'm not talking about like freshman year Bobby blow up at Dakota Dunes Country Club. I'm talking like the best golf you've played, not the worst. Right. Yeah. That was a, uh, that was a tough day. Tough conditions that day though. Pretty about 30 mile an hour winds, a little rainy. Not my, not my best hour. Were the conditions tougher that day or Nick Lutmer's criticisms tougher that day? Oh, hands down Lutmer's criticism. Because at least for the time being, after a little bit, I could escape the conditions. I couldn't escape the, the Lutmer tyrants of uh, comments that evening. All right, well, Bobby, you know, it's good to bring you in now because we do have a couple games to talk about from the last week or so. And that was one trip up to Mitchell to play you guys up at the Corn Palace last week. And, Coach, you know, we've talked about how you're really trying to improve things on defense and make that a priority. Offense wasn't really a side of the ball that typically uh, we've had to worry about on our side of things. But Dakota Wesleyan, you know, the second game kind of in a row where offensively we struggled a little bit. Yeah, well, I I think, you know, first of all, we went on a really a three-game run if you go back to the second time we played Bellevue where we we played – at a pretty high level defensively for 40 minutes. And, and that's a really encouraging sign um, for this team, you know, being that we are a little undersized, but I think we have a really gritty and, and tough group of guys. And, and so that's something we have focused on a ton this offseason or this preseason. Um, and to see it, you know, play out on the floors is, is obviously a rewarding thing. Um, at the same time, it's just been those, those same three games were just an offensive struggle. And, you know, a little bit of it was self-inflicted. Um, you know, we did some, some questionable things, took some tough shots at times. But at the same time, I also thought we missed some really good looks and just, you know, had a hard time putting the ball in the basket, particularly from three, which has not been an issue for us over, you know, really the last seven, eight years. And, uh, you know, you have to give credit to Dakota Wesleyan because they're a really good defensive team and, and they make things really hard on you with their length and their physicalness. Um, but it's, you know, our defense kept us in that game. And I, I really felt like, especially in the second half, we made a couple of runs where I felt like we were, you know, one big three pointer away from maybe making the final push and, and potentially taking the lead. And it just never happened. And, uh, it's like every mistake we made then defensively DW made us pay for it. Um, and so it's hard to win on the road in this league. And you and I have talked about that a ton, Matt. 
and you you have to be good and and at the end of the day you got to make some shots and and we just didn't on Wednesday night and that's you know it's hard to be really upset about that because you know especially in the second half I thought we did get some good looks that we missed and you know so goes basketball sometimes I guess but uh, you know like I said you got to give credit to Dakota Weslin there they were without one of their starters and and I thought they really, really guarded us um, extremely well for, for 40 minutes. Bobby, with you being on the Dakota Wesleyan bench, you know, one thing comes to mind where, uh, you know, obviously you've been with the Briarcliff program for a long time. You know what's going on over here. And Sitting on the other bench, what was that like? Yeah, you know, like you said, uh, obviously every time we play the cliff, it, it's a little different because uh, I still have friends and stuff on the team and good buddies I still talk to uh, from time to time that still play. So, I got that going on. And then, uh, I mean, like, like you and uh, Coach Figueroa mentioned in the past, and even with Coach Wilbur uh, when he's came on the podcast, there's a lot of mutual respect uh, between two programs. Uh, and there's been a lot of, I mean, since I was a freshman in college, I can remember every single time Dakota Wesleyan and Briarcliff got together, it seemed like it always kind of came down to the wire. It was always a really close game uh, from start to finish. So we knew that we were going to be in for uh, a tough game. And uh, obviously with a bunch of three-point shooters uh, over for Briarcliff and like they've been accustomed to, uh, guarding the three-point line uh, was something that was huge for us. Uh, I don't know, big thing, kind of just wanted to limit the threes as much as possible and just kind of make them, uh, make some difficult twos. And I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, coach, but it was something in the first half, I think both teams were combined about three of 26 from the three-point line. So that first half was kind of a, uh, yeah, I mean, the, it, the the first half, the the only loser of that half was the game of basketball. It, yeah, it, it, was, it, it wasn't pretty. I, what was the halftime? Was it 27 to 18? 27 to 18, yep, yep. Oh, my gosh. I went, I went back through after that game because I was curious. And in my time, this is my 10th year at Briar Cliff, only once have we scored less points in the first half of a game. And it was 2011-12, my first year. We scored 15 in the first half of a conference tournament game. We were down 20 to 15 to Nebraska Wesleyan. How did that end up out of curiosity? We, we won 51 to 41. Yeah. I mean, going back to it, uh, obviously there's still a lot of, a lot of respect and everything for coach. And obviously with coach Forbes being there now and him being a good friend of mine, since I was back at Briarcliff, it's been huge. So uh, having that respect for those guys and what they're still doing with the program, it's, it's been huge. And uh, like I said, that, that mutual respect that uh, both Briarcliff and, Dakota Weston have for each other. It's it's awesome. I imagine there's a little bit of trash talk going on in the off season and leading up to this game with all the there's trash talking when you were on the team when you were with the team. So of course there's going to be trash talk when you're not, right? Yeah, yeah. It's for some reason it seems like I'm kind of the the number one target for uh, uh, being talked to and spoken to a lot. I don't know what that is if I'm an easy target or what, but. Yeah, during the offseason, I know uh, Coach Forbes and I would kind of say some stuff back and forth. And honestly, some of that talk was, are we even going to have a season? Just kind of mm -hmm. looking looking back at it, honestly. And and now with some teams uh, having to push games back and delay it, uh, just really thankful that we were able to play uh, this past Wednesday when we did. Yep, and that's it's, it's going to be an ongoing conversation this year, um, unfortunately, and, and – you know, you guys, Bobby, were indirectly affected by it, um, not because of something with your program, but you guys were supposed to play yesterday and didn't. And yep. it's just, uh, unfortunately, I think we're all going to go through that at some point. And 
it's just great to be able to play the games we can play and and just kind of keep trying to move forward every week as much as we can. With being, you know, part of a new program now, is there anything that you uh, noticed that you carried with you from Briarcliff in terms of philosophy or anything specific to our program that you try to bring to Dakota Wesleyan? Yeah, I know there's uh, there's similarities and differences between the two. Um, obviously, here both programs have been really successful in the last uh, last decade and stuff, and even before that. So there's a lot of similarities there with uh, with culture and tradition and uh, just how things are are supposed to be done and kind of the unwritten rules, I guess, so to speak. And there are differences too. I mean, obviously, each each coach is going to have his own uh, different philosophy and things like that. And there are a few things I I tried to take from uh, uh, Coach Figuera and Coach Shipley and stuff, and even Coach Schultz back when I was uh, there at the cliff that I took with me. I know one one thing that I use a lot even still is when the when the shot clock kind of gets under uh, 14, 13 in a possession, and we're on defense. I still I still get up and yell, dig in, and that's been a that was a huge thing that I learned uh, defensively uh, through Briar Cliff, and even to this day I have guys on our bench looking at me going, what what are you talking about like what does that even mean so it, it's kind of funny um and there was one time actually Wednesday I, I remember I got up and I and I yelled dig in and uh Forbes actually kind of looked down at me and kind of gave me a look because he he knew what I was referencing and stuff so that was kind of cool but yeah there's there's similarities and differences that there's always going to be uh, I actually had one one JV game I was coaching in last year I actually had one foot stomp and I kind of looked back after the game and I went all right maybe that's Maybe that's something from Coach Figuera. I shouldn't keep uh, that's keep a, that's a slippery slope, Bobby. Yeah, yeah. Look, so I'm just gonna where you're where where you end up. You know, 36 years old and your right foot's a little screwed up because of it. So I, I would advise against that. Yeah, yeah. So I I can honestly say I haven't done it since, but yeah, there's been a few things uh, here and there that I uh, like to take with me and still use because obviously um, what I learned from Coach Figuera and uh, Coach Shipley was huge in my time down there. So any way that I can bring um, some skills or other things or assets to, um, <clears throat> excuse me, a new program and just kind of um, be the absolute best version of myself uh, coaching wise, not only for the, the program, but for the younger players and stuff. Uh, that's big for me. Yep. And, and, you know, at the beginning I joked and called Bobby Benedict and that, that is a joke. And, and to be honest, I think, you know, just leaving our program to go somewhere else is the best thing for Bobby as a young coach. And that's, you know, I did the same thing. I, I played at Dana and I ended up as a grad assistant at, at Hastings. And it's, it's really weird, you know, really, the, especially the first time you play your alma mater and, you know, there's guys on the teams you're friends with and the coach you played for. Um, but I do think it's, it's for the better to get away from what you know, because I think that's a great way to grow. And you look at, you know, Coach Forbes, our assistant coach, you know, he was away from our program in a completely different environment for a couple of years. And I, I truly think it was the best thing for him. And I, I think the same for Bobby. Yeah, it's, it's, you see that a lot. I mean, there's former GAs and assistants who are still around and you see them come up from time to time. I guess what's different with you, Bobby, is that you're an alum too. So, I mean, Briar Cliff's a big part of your life. And you met your wife there and, you know, it's, it's going to be a place that's always carries a special place in your heart, but it's just kind of fascinating for, as an outsider here um, who's not involved in the coaching world to uh, see how, how people juggle those 
types of things because I'm sure a lot of emotion plays into it. But at the end of the day, you're uh, doing something you love to do. And when you're competitive, you're, <laughs> you're going to push the guys that you're competitive with. And in your case now, it's another school, but uh, you know, I, I just think it's awesome that uh, you're able to stick around in the conference and that we'll get to see you once in a while and do stuff like this. Although now that we're meeting on zoom, we could have you on the podcast whenever we want. So when you're the yeah. coach. let's not get ahead of ourselves here, Matt. <laughs> you know, once is plenty. Well, we'll get back to you in just a minute, but uh, we got one other game to talk about from the weekend, and that was Mount Marty yesterday. And uh, things on the offensive side of the ball kind of got rolling again, which was nice to see. I was watching that game online, and uh, there was a stretch where I just it felt like we couldn't miss um, there. I, I think it was towards the end of the, the first half. We were down maybe eight or nine points, and then before you knew it, yeah. eight or nine points. And it was just it was a game of runs, and we had a few more runs than they did, and it turned out to be a, a nice win, eighty-eight to seventy-nine win. Yeah, it was uh, it was an interesting game, honestly, Matt. It was really slow for the first ten minutes. You know, both teams had a hard time scoring, and you know, to be honest, in the back of my head, it was like, oh man, here we go again. Come on, guys, we're gonna make some shots today. And we, we were down 21 to 12 with under 10 minutes left in the first half. And we ended up up 46 to 33 at half. I mean, we went on a big run there and some, some shots started falling. And, you know, I, I thought after Wednesday, we talked to the guys a lot um, about our offensive spacing and how important that is for what we want to do. And, you know, that we really drove that home Thursday and Friday I thought the guys did a really good job of, of making some really minor tweaks. You know, there's nothing crazy. There's no overhaul to what we're doing. But I thought we got a couple really good looks. And, you know, Nick Hoyt made a couple in a row. And Connor Groves made a couple in a row. And Ethan Friedel made a couple in a row. And that stuff's contagious. I really think it is. Um, you know, one guy makes a few. And then everybody else feels a little better about their, their shot. And so we went on a big run and, and had a nice little lead there at halftime. And then, you know, on the road in the G-Pack, you know, no one's going to roll over and, and just get blown out on their home court. And, and we knew Mount Marty was going to make a run, and they did. I think they cut it to six, maybe twice. But I, I thought our guys played with a ton of toughness um, down the stretch. Um, you know, we, we made some more shots, obviously, in the second half, too. But uh, to be honest, we, we've been struggling from the free throw line a little bit uh, this early season, and we did a really good job. Um, taking care of that yesterday and you know there were still a couple times we made things hard on ourselves we had a couple turnovers that we definitely need to to get rid of and and not have anymore um, where maybe we let Mount Marty hang around a little longer than they should have but all in all you know what when you've got to open the conference season with two games on the road getting a split's pretty good um, especially when you lose the first one and it's not even something we talk about, but there is just a little more pressure than to get that second one. Cause you don't, you don't want to be in an O2 hole to start the conference play. And, and so I was really proud of the guys and, and how we responded to a loss on Wednesday and, and got some things done. And, you know, the reality is whether we won or lose, played great, played bad, that taste was going to be in our mouth for a long time now. Cause we've got this kind of goofy break in the schedule here for the next eight, nine days with no game. And so to get that win was really big, and, and I was just really happy for and, and really proud of our guys. Yeah, you talked about spreading the floor and getting good looks. You had six guys in double digits, and we've talked about uh, our balance and how that's a strength of this team. 
Uh, but it was just nice to see a lot of guys get going. Carlos had a really nice game. You know, he was big for you guys. Uh, and then, like you said, Hoyt had some big shots. Friedel played a great game. I mean, just everybody seemed to contribute. Yeah, and, and on top of that, you know, we, we run a lot of our, our offense. We run a lot of our stuff through Jaden Klein-Esslink, mm-hmm. who's our, you know, I guess point guard. We don't label our players all that much, but he's probably our point guard. And Jaden was in foul trouble most of the game, and he, he played less minutes than he's played all year. And so just seeing some other guys step up and, you know, Will Johnson came in and played some huge minutes for us, I thought. And Will had missed the last couple games with a minor injury. So having him back was a big spark for us. And and so it was great to get a win and, you know, just uh, get that taste back in our mouth is definitely a good thing right now. Well, Dort's the next game, like you said, uh, that'll be next week. So we'll talk about them next weekend on the podcast so we don't get too far ahead of ourselves here. But Going into this mini break, uh, three and three, you know, with good conference win to, to take you into that break, that's got to feel good. Uh, and getting some points on the board. That was unusual <laughs> the last few games, watching us struggle to score. Um, so it's nice to have that back. And maybe it's just one of those little slumps you get out of the way early and get things rolling again as you get into the heart of the season here. That That's definitely the hope. And, you know, this is a goofy break. Um, just kind of how the conference schedule fell. And initially, pre-COVID schedules and all that, it wasn't that big of a deal because we had a, a non-conference game scheduled this week. And then as we started losing games and had to cut games, um, we lost that one. And so we end up with, you know, 10 days between games. And, you know, part of me thinks it's, it can be a really good thing for us. And that's what I told the guys yesterday is, is if we approach this the right way, this could be a huge week for us to, to have a chance to get better. And so, you know, we've, we've talked a lot as, as coaches about how we want to handle this. Um, and so we're going to, you know, we're not going to practice every single day for 10 days. We're going to give the guys a couple of days off, make sure we're fresh, make sure we're healthy. Um, but it's a great chance to, to get better. And, and that's what we have to do is just focus on being a better team a week from now than we are today and being ready for, you know, nine days from now, as we record this, we play up at Dort, which is, is no easy place to play, as we all know. All right, well, Bobby, you know, let's, let's talk to you a little bit more. Let's get away from Dakota Wesley here, and let's just talk about you and what you've been up to. Uh, like you said, you know, you had a, a big uh, offseason, if we want to put it that way, some major life changes with getting married. Obviously, you made the move to Mitchell. So just how have you been in general? How's family life and you know, how do you feel going into uh, your first holiday season with, with having official in-laws? Yeah, it's actually, uh, it's been great. Um, if you can call it an off season, yeah, it, it's been really good. Uh, going into the holidays, though, with whole COVID thing, it's kind of put a damper and a uh, giant schedule change with a lot of things. So we're kind of balancing that right now. I actually, uh, I actually am living in Sioux Falls with my wife. I'm not actually living in Mitchell. So every day I'm commuting to commuting to work uh, to the office every once in a while I'll stay in town uh, with my mom and stuff so making the commute every day and yeah I mean it's it's pretty cliche but this first few months have been good just kind of hanging out with the wife and just kind of spending time with each other I mean it's sometimes we look at each other and we go oh we're just kind of two dudes hanging out and just like having bro time and stuff but I mean it's honestly I mean she's my best friend and stuff so just spending time with each other it's it's been awesome that about an hour drive straight west on 90 
Yeah, so I'm actually about a half mile from the interstate is where our apartment complex is at. So okay. it's pretty easy to get on the interstate. It's about 50 minutes for me. So haven't okay. haven't ran into any weather situations yet. So right. Yeah. So hypothetically, Bobby, if you guys would have to play at Hastings on a Wednesday night, how how excited are you going to be about that drive from Mitchell to Sioux Falls when you get back at like two three in the morning? Yeah, no. So that's. That's going to be a circumstance where I'm just going to stay in town at my mom's. I'm not going to, I'm not going to make it. Uh, I guess you are, I guess you are smarter than you look. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We, uh, Courtney and I have kind of talked about that and just kind of both agreed. Yeah. It's just stay in town. Hey, Bobby, I, I got to call you out on something. And, you know, if you're going to wear like tennis shoes or basketball shoes on the sideline (laughs) as a coach, you need to wear a cleaner pair. So for our listeners, Bobby wore a pair of like basketball shoes for our game Wednesday, and it looked like he just got done mowing his yard. Okay, that's how dirty they were. They were not that bad. So, I was kind of embarrassed that he was an alum of our program for a second. So I need a, a little backstory. So we had shoot around from three to four. We went a little long, so we got down about four fifteen, and right after that, I was going to go to the dry cleaners right across the street from the corn palace and pick up my suit that I was going to wear for the game. Well, with COVID, I didn't know they had temporary hours. So the dry cleaners closed at four. And I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me. And I said a few other choice words. But thankfully, we had a JV game the next day. So I had already packed some golf pants and a polo. So I said, well, I got the casual look tonight. And I didn't want to wear my brown dress shoes with black pants and a black polo. Because that'd be tacky. So a little bit, yeah. The basketball shoes I wore were some 2012 white Nike Hyperdunks. And also, fun fact about them, they are Jared Betts game-worn shoes. They're not even actually mine. So you can probably get some money for something like that. You throw Jared Betts' name on it. I probably could. I probably could, yeah. I might have to try that. So, yeah, it wasn't, wasn't the best look in the world, but I had, to, I had to rock with what I had. So Yeah, well, I, I mean, I guess now with the backstory, it makes a little bit of sense. But I would also say, you know, maybe you should be a little more proactive and know the hours of the, the dry cleaners you're using. Oh, I couldn't agree more. It was I was upset with myself more than anything. So yeah, I'm. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, that's fair then. Yeah, I'm, I take full responsibility for that. Have you found much uh, in terms of good food in Sioux Falls? Yeah, so actually uh, stumbled upon uh, a pizza place called uh, Tomacelli's. It's uh, actually it was an old uh, Dakota Wesleyan alumni moved to Sioux Falls. Um, actually moved to Harrisburg and opened up his own pizza place. And a couple of weeks back, I stumbled upon it. It's it's no townhouse, but I mean, it's it's still pretty it's still pretty good. So there's that. And honestly, with COVID, my wife and I really haven't ventured out a whole lot. Yeah. But when we do, it's when we do, it's kind of uh, our go-to spots. We like Firehouse Subs a lot, so we go there. Uh, we like JL beers, so uh, yep, we do Great that. Spot. Yeah, we we're big fans of the uh, the nacho, uh, the cheat, the beer cheese dip. So we get that and we, we, te- we like to test uh, new and different kind of local beers and stuff. So we do the beer flights. So it's, it's always a good time when we go there. Yeah. They got great burgers too. The yeah. one with the peanut butter and the pepper jelly. Yeah. That's no joke. I don't know. I, don't, I can't remember what it's called. I've had it a few times though. It's legit. Yeah. yeah. The last few times I went there, I had that one and I had, uh, uh, had my first burger with an egg on it. So that was pretty, that was pretty legit. Oh, wow. You, you've missed out the last like 24 years of your life, dude. I have, yeah. yeah. After I ate it, that's what it sounded like. You just had your first burger with an egg on it? 
Yeah, probably oh, wow. about two and a half weeks ago. Huh. Yeah, I thought huh. I thought maybe by like 2004, an egg was kind of an acceptable addition to a burger, like pretty <laughs> common practice stuff there. Nothing too out of the ordinary. Yeah, I, I think I think you're right. You know, it was a big year. Like Matt Gall was probably running the show and uh, at uh, Balding Catholic High School that year, and <laughs> eggs became acceptable on burgers. I mean, just a lot of big things happening in the world. It's a rural school. You got to put whatever you can find on your burger. Not a ton of options. Can't just go to the grocery store. So you have to have if you have eggs and bacon, ketchup, mustard, you got yourself a burger. I'm a big I'm a big fan of uh, putting mayo on a burger too. And there's a lot of people that look at me weird, but I think it's pretty delicious. I'm good. We're gonna talk burger etiquette. If you have a well-made burger and well-seasoned, all you need is cheese. It's all you need. Yeah, I'll give you that. I'm I. I partially agree. Okay. Well, I mean, that's okay. You're partially right then, Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I look at it the same as, as French fries, you know, standard burger side. If they're salted the right amount and they're good, I don't want to dip them in anything. I'll give you that. I'll dunk, I'll dunk a mediocre fry in barbecue sauce, but sure. a good fry, no thanks. Don't need it. Yep. Okay, I agree. With living in Sioux Falls, and now that you're kind of part of the South Dakota sporting community, um, what kind of ins do you have, Bobby, with the Pentagon to where I can get hooked up with one or two uh, tickets to the Iowa-Gonzaga game? Yeah, you know, uh, that's actually one that's coming up on the – is that the 19th of December? Is that right? And for all of our listeners, just so you know, tickets go on sale at 10 a.m. on November 18th. Tell everyone you know that tickets go on sale 10 a.m. November 18th. So that way when they actually go on sale on November 17th, I'm the only one in that room. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's actually one game that I really wanted to go to. Um, unfortunately, that day we, uh, we played Midland, so I won't be able to. But there's, uh, there's one guy I, I kind of know there. I don't think that we have a close enough relationship that would constitute uh, getting – getting a kind of two free passes or something like that. But there's a few games coming up here uh, basketball-wise um, at the Pentagon that are pretty sweet. I know uh, the Bad Boy Mowers Classic is coming up, and that's got some really good teams like the Wichita State, Oklahoma's, um, and other people like that. So there's uh, there's some big-time hoops being played here at the Pentagon uh, in the next calendar – or in the next couple months here. So hopefully I can see if I can talk to a few people of, of getting uh, – getting over there for a few games. Yeah, I saw it at Wisconsin and St. Mary's there last year. And then Nebraska, yep. Oklahoma State, I think the year before. So I've seen a few. It's such a great environment, especially for a televised D1 game. Um, oh, for sure. Iowa-Gonzaga tickets, it's going to be tough to get. But um, I'm, I'm willing to uh, – Yeah, you're, you're not getting in, Gull. <laughs> it's a slim to, slim, to, slim to no chance. It's like holding a lottery ticket. I'm still going to log into that website. I'm still going to hit refresh every two seconds to see if I can get a spot in line on Ticketmaster, wherever the, however they sell their tickets. Uh, and it's not going to happen. Yeah, as you should. Go on with my day. I don't know how, I don't know how they're doing the whole capacity thing-wise for that. I know Dakota Wesley, and we played, uh, we played a couple of games there about a week and a half ago, and they were about 60%, 70% capacity. So I'm not sure if that'll be the same for that or not. I'll have to, I'll have to wait and check that out. 
Well, one thing I want to do with both of you guys here is uh, we got um, a couple of different listeners who wrote in with some questions and some other things, but Jay Wright, uh, former guest, former assistant coach of Briarcliff, uh, he sent in some rapid fire questions. Uh, and so I'd like to get both of your takes on these. I'm going to say ahead of time, Matt, and for the listeners, Matt does not share any of this with me beforehand. So this is all brand new information to me. And I'm just going to say my expectations for Jay Wright's questions are incredibly high. So if Jay disappoints me, I'm going to call him out at the end of this. So what I will tell you, they're all uh, movie and TV show related. So that's, that's, I guess the only thing. And then I'm, I'm going to throw a bonus one in at the end that I made up. That's totally unrelated to that category. But these are all movies and TV shows. And I guess, you know, Bobby's just a, a young buck here. So some of these go back to the uh, 70s and 80s. So if there's something you haven't seen, Bobby, by default, I guess you just have to pick the one that you've either seen or just make a guess or I guess just say you haven't seen either of them. But this is rapid fire, so we got to go quick. I guess as a baseline rule, let's go with uh, Mark, you go first, and then Bobby, you go second, just so you're not talking over each other every time. Does that work for you? Standard order for the two of us. Yeah, good. <laughs> All right. Well, here we go. We're going to go through these pretty quick. Uh, if I don't get an answer within literally a second, I'll give you two max. We're moving on. This is rapid fire. No time for thinking about these. So here we go. Yep, let's go. Goodfellas or Godfather? Goodfellas. Goodfellas. Rocky three or Rocky four? Rocky four. Rocky four. Top Gun or Iron Eagle? Top Gun. Top Gun, not even close. Mighty Ducks or Little Giants? Mighty Ducks. Mighty Ducks. Old School or Anchorman? Old School. Old School. Too many, uh, too many quotes, good quotes in there. <laughs> I, I spent most of uh, the sophomore year of college quoting Old School. That's a no-brainer. Uh, Saving Private Ryan or Band of Brothers? Saving Private Ryan. Band of Brothers. Gladiator or 300? Gladiator. Gladiator. Heat or The Departed? The Departed. Haven't seen either one. Bobby. Depart Departed, is that the one with uh, DiCaprio? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's, it's an all-star cast. Yeah, I haven't seen them. Apollo 13 or The Martian? I've never seen The Martian, so I got to go Apollo 13. Martian. Glory Road or Coach Carter? Ooh. Glory Road. Glory Road. He Got Game or Blue Chips? Maybe Jay one. with the zinger. I know. He Got Game. Yeah, He Got Game. I'm a big Denzel Washington guy. Rounders or Fight Club? Rounders. <laughs> it pays me to say it. I haven't seen either one. Bobby. <laughs> I know, I know. Remember the Titans or the Blind Side? Remember the Titans. Remember the Titans. That could be on that list that we talked about a couple weeks ago, those movies that come on, you just watch it wherever it's at. That's one of those movies. No doubt. Remember the Titans, for sure. A lot of people, when that movie came out, said I looked like Gary Bertier. I heard that a lot back when that movie came out, actually. Oh, yeah, I see that. Yeah, I'm tougher. You know, I'm probably a better <laughs> football player. That's okay. Billy Madison or Happy Gilmore? Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore. Tommy Boy or Dumb and Dumber? 
Dumb and Dumber. Tommy Boy. Caddyshack or Tin Cup? Caddyshack. Tin Cup, even though Caddyshack's, Caddyshack's very close. Tin Cup. Talladega Nights or Semi-Pro? <sighs> Talladega Nights. Semi-Pro. It's a tough one for me. Days of Thunder or Jerry Maguire? Days of Thunder. Days of Thunder. Shawshank Redemption or The Green Mile? Shawshank. Green Mile. Coming to America or Trading Places? Whew, Jay is on his game right now. Coming to America. That's a great one. I'm going to say Coming to America because it is a great movie. I haven't seen Trading Places. I've heard good things about it, just haven't seen it. You need to watch it. Ocean's Eleven or The Italian Job? Ocean's. Ocean's. Die Hard or Lethal Weapon? Die Hard. Lethal Weapon. Vacation or Christmas Vacation? Christmas. Vacation. Then there's an RV, Clark. (laughs) American Pie or Road Trip? American Pie. American Pie. Back to the Future or Teen Wolf? Back to the Future. Back to the Future. Swingers or The Hangover? Hangover. Hangover. Is Swingers the old one with Vince Vaughn? Yeah, great movie. Yeah, haven't seen it. Catch Me If You Can or The Wolf of Wall Street? Wolf of Wall Street. Wolf of Wall Street. And then uh, this one's a little self-indulgent for Jay. He says, Hoosiers or trick question. Nothing is better than Hoosiers. So that was his last (laughs) one. But I've got one I'm going to throw. Jay, hold on real quick. Nobody loves the movie Hoosiers more than Jay Wright and Ron Schultz. And it, it there's there's no there's no third on that list. It's those two and everybody else in the world. This is the one that uh, I'm going to throw in there just because we have to get Bobby on record here. So, Newman Flanagan Center or the Corn Palace? Wow. This, um, this will be public, Bobby. Everyone will be able to hear this. For the for the sheer fact that I personally averaged 16 points in the Corn Palace, I'm going to say the Corn Palace. That and it smells like popcorn. Like twenty four seven, but New- of course it does. New- Newman Flanning and it's it's right there. I mean, intramural wise, I probably averaged twenty in there. But I mean, I, I love- oh come on, that's debatable at best. <laughs> hey, Ethan hey. Erdman carried your intramural team. We all know it. I'm not questioning that. I'm just saying I was right behind him. But no, that's that's a tough one. But uh, I mean, I love both. Love both to death. I've. Corn, Corn Palace has been with me a little longer because I would always go there when I was a little kid with my parents. So I'm going to give give that one the edge. And you can get one of those one of those smashed pennies that becomes oblong. You know, it's like 51 cents, two quarters and a penny. You get the smashed one. With the, with the buffalo and presidents on it and everything. Yeah, know? yeah, that's right. Hashtag worlds only. <laughs> when I was like 11 or 12, my dad for his job had to travel a little bit. South Dakota was in his territory and he had to go out to Chamberlain or somewhere. And I remember he was trying to talk like me and my brother into coming out with him just so he'd have somebody to talk to on the road because it was during the summer and we didn't have school. And so his selling point was we'll stop by the corn palace. And we had never seen it before. He talked it up to be the most amazing thing on earth. And so that sold us. So the whole family went, we got in the car and uh, we passed Mitchell and it's like, I thought we were going to the corn palace. He said, yeah, we'll do that after we get done. So we go to Chamberlain, he does this thing. We're on our way back. 
I swear to God, we drove by it real slow so we could look at it. And then we got back on the interstate and went home. So we were still <laughs> Horn Palace experience and got none of it. I still, uh, that still gets me to this day. I carry a lot of that anger. Yeah, he pulled a fast one on you. That's yeah, yeah, we did see it though. But that's about it. When it changes every year, you probably should go back. I know. I need to find a reason to get out there. I'll. Uh, well, just just uh, bamboozle your kids into going with you, like <laughs> your dad did to you. It yeah, can become like say. a golf tradition. Yeah, there you go. So thanks, Jay, for those uh, rapid fire questions. Those were great. Uh, we do have a couple other listener questions. We'll get to those in just a minute. But we got also have to do our starting five. In our category this week for the starting five, uh, was sent to us by a listener, Kent Malone, that name may be familiar. He sent a lot of questions into us last year. So he wanted to hear what were the starting five lists for video games. So this is a kind of a fun category. You're both from a little bit of a different uh, generation. Mark, you probably grew up on the earlier consoles and Bobby, you probably, you know, PlayStation's probably the, one of the earlier ones you remember, I'm guessing. So uh, let's hear it. What are your starting five for video games? All right, so I believe I have, I have four different game systems represented here. So uh, I'm going to run the gamut a little bit, Matt. But uh, in no particular order, I'm not even going to label my positions today because these are all really, really good. Super Mario Brothers 3 on Nintendo is, is, was the first one I wrote down. So I guess you could say that's my number one. Phenomenal game and the, the sheer joy of the first time you beat that game was just better than Super Mario 1 and Super Mario 2 just wasn't very good. So Super Mario Brothers 3. Number two, sticking with original Nintendo, Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. Nothing more devastating than getting to, you know, Soda Popinski the second time and getting beat because you think you're going to get to Mike Tyson. Number three, we're going to move to the Sega Genesis era. And this actually might be the greatest video game of all time. NBA Jam Tournament Edition. We could sit here and talk about which team had the best combination of players, but uh, that might be a, a different topic for a different day. And then Mario Kart 64 on the Nintendo 64, obviously. And finally, NCAA College Football 2003 on PlayStation 2. Spent a good amount of time my freshman year of college playing that game. Um, so there you have it. Bobby, you're not going to top that, but good luck with your starting five. All right. Well, I, uh, my, I, I'm going to label mine just cause I think that there's a little difference, but I'm going to start with my point guard right away. Um, I'm going to go Pac-Man and I've, I was I mean, just, it's what I'm going to be real honest with you, Bobby. It, it actually pains me a little bit that that's not in my starting five. I I'm a big Pac-Man guy. Um, I love the fact that assistant coach Forbes has a Pac-Man machine at his house. I have, to, I, I have to play that every time I'm there, but is it like the stand-up arcade one or like the tabletop one? It's like the tabletop one. Oh, that's it's, 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 it's kind of a hybrid. It's kind of like yeah, a mini. Like in you have to sit down to play it. Um, okay. but it's, it's legit. I've played it myself. Uh, so I'm going to go to my center, um, and I'm going to go um, NCAA football 2014 on the PS3, uh, just because that was the last college football game to come out. And Who was on the cover of that one, Bobby? That was Denard Robinson from Michigan. Okay. Yeah, I spent a, I spent a good amount of time playing that game, so that's my center. 
Um, I'm going to go to my, my wings now. I'm going to go um, James Bond 007 um, on the Nintendo 64. That was, uh, that, was, that was pretty big time when I was growing was up. Is that Goldeneye? Goldeneye. Was that, the, that was the really famous one? Yep, yep. And getting to the gold pistol was, was the big thing. So that was, that was sweet. Um, after that, I'm going Mario Kart. Just any Mario Kart in general. It's still pretty popular. Um, still a big thing. Uh, it's awesome. And then my, uh, my fifth one uh, has a little backstory. In high school, my high school buddies and I found an old Atari. And we had this kind of spare room in our um, high school, like in our gym, kind of like an, an equipment room. We would plug it in during every study hall. And we would play Pong. And so Pong's my fifth one, just because it's, it's one of the, the first one ever. I mean, it, it's classic. It's awesome. I still love playing it when I get a chance. So, so that's going to round out my, my top five, my starting five. Bobby, who's your go-to character on Mario Kart? Um, Luigi or Yoshi. It's, it's a toss-up. Interesting. Wario all day long for me. <laughs> And do you guys play – I mean, do you allow the jumps like on Wario Stadium? We're talking about 64 here where you can jump over the wall right from the get-go. Do you allow that or is there kind of like a bro code rule where there's no taking advantage of those shortcuts? Just win, baby. Do what yeah, you got. I allow, I allow it. Do you guys have the Rainbow Road jump mastered where you can jump off the side and land about halfway through the track? You know what I'm talking about? Well, I mean, I've done it, but to say I have it mastered would be a, a lie. Right. The Rainbow Road gives me a headache, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, I personally try and stay away from Rainbow Road, so I can't say I've ever done the jump because it probably turned out terribly. All right, well, we do have a couple listener questions this week, uh, both from Kent Malone, so we appreciate you sending those in, Kent. His question is, he was wondering about your guys' opinions on sports jerseys and uniforms. That's a topic we've talked about, but his question is, who has the best uniform? Uh, and as a follow-up to that, who has the best throwback uniform? So kind of a, a very broad, open-ended question. And I will say, you know, I don't know what kind of feedback you guys get, Bobby, on the Dakota Wesleyan jerseys. But I think as far as GPAC schools go, uh, I, I really like the DW, like Corn Palace jerseys. It's just something a little different. Kind of has a throwback feel to it a little bit. Um, so I'd, I'd put those up there with our black aways. I really, yeah, like I hate to give, I hate to give Matt Wilbur too much credit for anything, but the, the unis you guys pulled out Wednesday night were pretty dope. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, uh, the, the Mitchell city of Mitchell skyline, uh, palace jerseys. Those are, those are brand new. Those are two years old. And actually that is our newest ones we got last year. And that is, that takes our total up to eight uniforms now that I think we have. So it's it's pretty it's pretty insane. Matt Matt Wilbur is the czar of NAIA basketball uniforms, and there's really not a close second. Um, but to to answer the the question, I'm kind of a traditionalist with uniforms, and I I probably just defer to all my favorite teams. To be honest with you, you know the just the classic black and red Chicago Bulls uniform, the classic black top Iowa football uniforms. Um, so I'll be honest, I probably don't pay attention to it as much as I used to. I think throwback wise, like anytime the Denver nuggets would go back to like their, 
their old 90s or, or even 80s uniforms. I think that's kind of cool. I think uh, we actually got practice gear this year that is a cross of the Flint Tropics and like the 70s ABA Pacers. I think if you want throwbacks, you go back and find any ABA basketball team from the 70s, and they're all going to be awesome. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, when it comes to jerseys, I mean, yeah, the best ones I don't, I don't think a whole lot into or about. Um, I'm, I'm kind of in the same thing with Coach. If I'm going to do the best jerseys, it's probably going to be uh, my, my favorite sports team. So, like, I'm a big fan of the Minnesota Twins jerseys. I think those are, those are clean. Um, obviously, the, uh, the home red Nebraska jerseys are, are nice. Um, and then every once in a while, they, uh, they throw the black, the black uniforms out there. Those are sweet. But the, the two that stick out to me for retro jerseys um, on a basketball standpoint, uh, the old Vancouver Grizzlies jerseys, the teal ones, I think those are sweet. And then I can't remember the country, Brian Reeves. <laughs> and then I can't remember the specific name, but I saw a tweet on yesterday morning that said the Spurs were bringing these back. It's the black jerseys with like the orange and blue and red stripes across the front. I, th I think those are pretty sweet. So those are probably the top two that I have. Yeah. It seems like jerseys, a lot more uh, attention is going into jerseys the last couple of years. For a while, there was this fad where everyone had to have a weird floor, uh, but it seems like the attention's gone from, weird floor design some of that's still out there but to jerseys which you know I know NCAA football was that's a big deal Oregon was kind of pushing those trends and so everyone was kind of following there but basketballs really seemed to come along and I was watching the game last night too Mel Marty had the like the powder blue uniforms on so I'm I'm those were kind of sick too yeah yeah I'm all for doing something different I mean I, I love our away the, the black with the golden uh blue trim and everything I, I think we have sweet uniforms too but I'm all for it don't make it like super weird or tacky or anything like that but have some fun with it why not and I do have to say too the the one jersey that Dakota Wesley does have that varsity they don't wear it JB wears them uh, because the guys don't like the way they fit anymore they've got the old magic uh, blue jerseys with the white pinstripes I think those are pretty sweet. And I always tell the guys that as far as, as far as the G pack goes and JV, I think Dakota Wesley, just because of those by themselves have the best uniforms in the, in the JV land. So I had another question and this is related, I guess, to um, the starting five category a little bit. He said, what is the greatest board game of all time? Oh, Monopoly. Just straight up Monopoly or, or like Hawkeyeopoly or one of those weird ones that you No. No, standard classic Monopoly, you know, boardwalk, park place, free parking, go to jail. Standard Monopoly. Honorable mention, sorry. I'm trying to think about some board also games Also, another here. honorable mention, Batgammon, if that's a board game. Yeah, that's a board game. I think it has to be. Okay. Then Batgammon's my first honorable mention. Um, my my answer is going to be uh, just straight up normal checkers. Mm. Just for the my, – my grandma and I, when I was little, we'd always used to play it. And I would say Monopoly because that's my wife's favorite. Whenever we play that with the in-laws, it always ends up in um, people joining forces or someone gets upset or, I mean, friendships are ruined and everything. And that's so, the beauty of it. Yeah, I just I, – I, I like playing it. I enjoy it, but I, I got to go checkers. You know, you need, you need to form your alliance early. You know, the, the Jim Halpert-Dwight Schrute alliance. 
<laughs> yeah, Chinese checkers for me. That's one of those games. I don't know. They're, it just brings back some really specific memories of like snowy nights, playing board games with the family. Chinese checkers is one of those that just stands out. A little underrated, I would say. In the grand scheme of board games, I think Chinese checkers is underrated. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. All right, Coach, well, it's time for life rules. And before you give your life rule, I just want to get your thoughts on something. I'm going to let you be the arbiter here for a, a little family or a little uh, spousal argument I've had with my wife. And I'm not going to use pronouns or anything because I don't want to give away my position on this, but I'm going to run a scenario past you. And you just give me your ruling on who's right and who's wrong. So uh, spouse number one is in the kitchen running hot water, the hottest it can be. So just imagine hot water, not washing hands, but probably getting ready to boil some water and just wants to get it halfway there before putting it on the oven. So running the water as hot as they can. Spouse number two, unaware that spouse number one was running hot water, comes into the kitchen. Spouse number one has now shut off the hot water. Spouse number two comes into the kitchen, turns the water on, immediately goes to wash spouse number two's hands, gets the uh, hell burnt out of his or her hands. Spouse number one uh, did not run cold water before shutting off the hot water. So is it spouse number one's job to turn the water from hot to cold before turning the water off? Or is it spouse number two's job to make sure the water isn't burning hot before they stick their hands underneath the faucet? Do you follow what I'm saying? It's a hundred it's 100% on spouse number two to test the waters before you just jump in willy-nilly washing your hands. Spouse number one did nothing wrong. Spouse number two needs to just, you know, put a finger under the water to, to see what the temperature's like before you jump in. Okay, well, that's not the answer uh, spouse number two wanted to hear, but <laughs> that's what he's going to hear anyway. It's happened like three times in the last two weeks. Where I go in, turn the water on. I turn it on cold, but there's still hot water in the faucet because it was just on. At, at what point do you not learn, though? That's a good, great point. I concede that. But I, this is a I will die on. So I guess we're just going to have to agree to disagree because I think if you're using the hot water, you should turn it to cold and then shut it off. All right. Well, with that, let's hear what your life rule is. Really simple this week. No Christmas trees, no Christmas decorations until after Thanksgiving. It's getting ridiculous. Stop, people. Let Thanksgiving happen first. I've got a turkey in the freezer to smoke for Thanksgiving. Let me enjoy that before I, I have to put up a dang Christmas tree. The silence was deafening there. Did both of you guys have a tree up already? No. No. No, I'm, I'm day after good Thanksgiving. Good job. The day after Thanksgiving. Good, yeah. good job. Good job, Mallory and Courtney, I should say. <laughs> yeah, my, my wife, Courtney, and I have talked about it. It's probably going to be December 1st or maybe November, end of November by the time we put it up. I'm in the same boat, though. I, I, can't, I can't do it before. You can't just skip over Thanksgiving. Right. AG95 is playing Christmas music. I don't know if you've picked up on that, but you can now nope. Christmas music on the radio. Nope. Nope. Don't All get right. me wrong. I love me some rock around the Christmas tree, but let's wait for Thanksgiving first. Yeah, otherwise you get sick of that stuff before Christmas Eve. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm completely on board. The thing we're going to do here is uh, give some shout-outs. So I'm going to give my shout-out to a Briarcliff alum, Tim Osterman, who's the head coach for the Remsen St. Mary's uh, eight-man football team who just won their semifinal football game this week, 108-64. 
to 94 against Montezuma. Just a, an unbelievable game, statistically speaking. Tim was my roommate my freshman and sophomore years at Briarcliff. Now he's the head coach up at Remsen. Uh, that was a big game for those guys. So congratulations on that historic win. And uh, good luck to you guys this next week in the championship game. Yep, and I'm going to give mine uh, to our women's program. Women's basketball started 3-0. and uh, Coach Hand, who was on a couple weeks ago in her first season, they got two GPAC road wins this past week. So great job, guys. Uh, mine's going to be for uh, a guy who's kind of uh, familiar with the show. Uh, I'm going to give a shout-out to Ethan Erdman, who is the, uh, the graduate assistant for the sports information department uh, at Briarcliff. Uh, really good friend of mine, doing a lot of good things, uh, helping out with the department there with uh, SID Megan Glover. So shout-out to him and uh, both the work that he and, and Megan do for all the sports teams at the Cliff. Bobby, it's nice having you. Good seeing you again. And uh... – you know, what's on tap for the rest of your Sunday? What's what's a married Bobby Beach Patterson doing on a Sunday afternoon? Assembling some furniture or some ice <laughs> yeah. off the sidewalk? Yeah, no. So uh, later on tonight, uh, we actually play Dort this coming Wednesday. And like Coach mentioned earlier, we know how tough it is to go up to Sioux County and get a win. So I'm uh, going to be watching a little bit of film here later on, but actually – uh, we got some meat thawed, so it's it's my my time to make dinner tonight. We're having a having hamburger helper for dinner tonight, so really going. Outside. What kind? I don't know yet if we're gonna do the stroganoff or if we're gonna do the uh, uh, bacon cheeseburger. I'm not sure yet. You're gonna want to go with the bacon cheeseburger. Yeah, I'm thinking so too. So yeah, my wife and I are going outside of the box and really really having a full course meal tonight. All right. Well, Bobby, uh, again, it was great having you on. Good luck to you guys the rest of the season, all except for one game, of course. Um, but sure. I know you're going to do good things up there and we'll see you around at least once or twice a year. And or who knows, you know, maybe down the line, uh, you'll be back in some capacity because I, Bradcliffe just seems to have a way of calling its alumni back to, to the, to the bench, as you know, with Jake Shipley and Brian Forbes and, uh, Shane Graves and Austin Leffler, a lot of guys who were with the program find their way back. So you never know, but it was great having you on great talking to you and uh, happy holidays to, to you and your family. Yeah, Matt, appreciate it. Uh, hopefully down the road, I'll be able to do it in some capacity. Briarcliff is always going to be home to me and I, I love the, the, the program still. So appreciate you guys having me on happy holidays to you guys. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to see you guys down the road. See you, Bob. All right, so with that, we're going to wrap things up here. We will be back next week, uh, when, which is when we'll talk about our upcoming Dort game. Uh, but until then, thanks for listening. On behalf of Coach uh, Bobby and myself, we'll talk to you next week. <laughs>